Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. All righty. Good morning. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and we're going to have some fun today. All right. So the we always need a title for a show to get people excited about listening. So the title for the show today is All About long-term senior care. And I guess the point is that as folks get older, they occasionally need some help with life and living. And hopefully that help can come at home because most people probably want to have that kind of care at home. Uh, But sometimes you end up in a nursing home and we're going to talk about all aspects of that that continuing continuum today. We have three guests this morning, and Suzanne, I'll get to you in a minute. Hang on, okay, girl? So I'm going to introduce Patrick Flaherty. Patrick Flaherty is the president of Guided Senior Living Home Care. Okay, and so the first part of the show, we're going to talk about care at home. And then the second part of the show, we're going to talk about care in facilities for that purpose sort of a thing. So, Patrick, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your partner, and then we'll get to Miss Suzanne and have all kinds of fun from there. So go right ahead. No, thank you, Mike. We're very appreciative to be here on this really important topic that has a lot of questions that come up, especially this time of year. I think it's especially relevant. So I met my business partner, Matt Miratori, going back to 2014 when I started Guided Living Senior Home Care in Plymouth area. And really what that is, I know we'll talk a lot about that, but it's when you need a little bit of extra help in the home and that certified type of caregiver comes in and gets you all the in-between things to, to help you be successfully living at home. And through that business, is where I met Matt and his work as a legislator and a business owner and also as a administrator in long-term care nursing homes. And then through that relationship and really getting to know him, our shared set of values when it comes to really what it takes to provide great service for our seniors is where we founded our company, EF Senior Care, which works, we'll talk about later, on the nursing home side. So you get the whole spectrum covered here, basically. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. right. Cool. All right. Matt, did he get that right? Did you have any questions? He, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was, it, it's been a great partnership, great friendship yeah. since then. And as Patrick said, we have the same philosophies. And even though I've been a nursing home administrator since 91, I believe that people should live at home and stay at home as long as they can. Cool. And nursing homes or assisted livings are there for people that maybe can, can't be exa- that successful at home, but it's there for them if they need it. All right. And so you were also a pr- an active practicing state representative from Massachusetts. I am. I am elected state official from the 1st Plymouth District out of Plymouth as a state representative and just got sworn back in on Wednesday. Holy cow. So you probably have a, you probably don't have much time in your life between all uh, the things I, you're up I, I don't. And I, and I always love to say this too, and I have six daughters as well. So yeah, No kidding. So that keeps me real busy. And, yeah. you, do you see them? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. For the show, I, I've invited my favorite daughter-in-law to join us. She's in this business in a related capacity. Suzanne, are you there? 
I'm here. Good, How are you? Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Say hello to my friends Patrick and Matt this morning. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Good morning, morning Suzanne. All right, Suzanne, how about a quick little summary of who you are and what you do so people know you're smart about a couple things for the show here, okay? A couple things. Yeah, I can speak intelligently oh. to a couple of things. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> I am an elder care manager. We're now called Aging Life Care Professionals. They're always changing our name. So I'm a nurse and a social worker by trade, but I work now as a geriatric care manager. I own my own business. I don't, I work in the same sphere as you do. I don't have my own home care, but I guide people and coordinate coordinate their care. So I work with folks at every point. I work with people that are just wanting to start planning for long-term care. I work with folks that are in acute emergency type situations with their loved ones. I work to help people find a good nursing home, a good assisted living. I work with various home cares to coordinate care at home. I work with people a whole spectrum of aging. And I thought you'd fit in perfectly with the subject at hand today here. By the way, uh, you guys ask her a question anytime and she might ask you a question. We just want to get all the yep. good information out there. Okay. So I think the so, so any other information about yourselves and your businesses before we dive right into this? We good here? Okay, so the idea is at some point a whole lot of folks as they get older need some kind of assistance. We don't have nuclear families hanging around too much where grandparents live with the parents and somebody could take care of somebody at home at, with people scattered all over the world and sons and daughters living in other states. An awful lot of folks are single and by themselves and, and or married and in the same situation. But bottom line is as you get a little further along in life, you need, I think what will start off as custodial care. Can I, is that the appropriate yes, term? Yep. Okay. So people just help around with things that you do in your life. And then usually that may evolve into more care and maybe on the medical side, there's a whole spectrum and everybody's different, but we're going to try to cover that all from the beginning. So Patrick, so let's talk about the in-home stuff and we'll probably do that for the first hour. And by the way, slow me down or speed me up if you guys have some important things that you want to make a point at. And you can see the outline as well as I can. We'll never finish it, but make sure we get to the important stuff in each section before we close up. So the kind of the rough idea is between now and the first hour, I want to get the in-home care stuff squared away as best we can and then hop to the institutions and the facilities later, if that's okay. So keep me honest. I don't want to miss anything that's important from your, anybody's point of view. Okay, I guess the first question I have, how do folks know when it's time to start this, whether you're a married couple or by your own, what, how's that get triggered? Yeah, and that's, especially this time of year, we find a lot of families had come together, maybe for the first time in, it could be the whole year for the holiday seasons and really see how someone's managing ah, at home. Ah. And there's a couple of key things to look at that always come up. And I think one of the first and really critical ones has to do with medications. If there's someone who maybe is not as organized with medications or isn't filling their prescriptions on a regular basis as they should be, that is probably one of the most important leading indicators to say, hey, maybe we should have a look and see. And someone like Suzanne probably sees this all the time where that first little window into what's going on comes through with the with medications because we all know how important if you get off your regimen or if you take them incorrectly, it can escalate a situation that could have been managed very smoothly, really quickly in a bad way. Okay. So that's what, and are there any, if you're not on medications, what other kinds of issues would it be? Somebody that can't get around or a, a, a bad hit? Like or you're something? hospitalized probably. Okay. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Hospitalizations, yeah. Right. I would right. say there's oftentimes family members come to me and say, oh, my mom is, she's 
fallen twice in the last month right. and we don't really know if she's safe to be at home by herself. We just, we want to talk about that. So there's a number of things, medications, falls, hospitalizations. Sometimes it's just that maybe family members don't live right next door. So they have a once a week call and they notice, oh, mom or dad, just our calls seem off lately. Something just seems amiss and we need to figure out what's going on. So any number of things can trigger this conversation. Yeah, correct. It's interesting. Patrick, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, and sometimes it's not always on the medical side of things. Yeah. Noticing if bills that used to be managed yeah. are falling behind or disorganized, that, that's a good trigger. It's just these indicators that open up the conversation. Yeah. And like you said, it's not necessarily you have to go from zero to total care. There's that whole continuum. And I think that's where the earlier you can introduce the conversation just to get the wheels going, the better. Because there's always going to be a resistance to care. We could figure out how to... I was to, just going to say that. But we curmudgeons <laughs> who are all don't need any care. Yeah. We're immortal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if we could figure that out, then we'd all retire. But yep. that's just the fact of it. And it, it is true because you're inviting someone into a very personal space, your home. Yeah. And for all the reasons, and I'm sure, Suzanne, you deal with this all the time, this type of thing. Yeah. Your independence is critical. And that's a well, scary and, threat. And the idea yeah. of doing shows like this, and we've done more of these. I talked about earlier about where we're off here about this local senior center we've been doing some programs like this yeah the baby boomers that are really coming out are really going to be part of this whole system and have started to be part of the system yeah really we're trying to educate them to get ahead of this and plan ahead of get elder law attorneys to work with to plan it out ahead of time because what we see is more than not is that it's some sort of crisis or something that's yeah. happened yeah we yeah. that's bringing people on the last minute and you're making these plans just like government minute. you never plan ahead <laughs> you just deal with the crisis yeah, and you wait till the very last minute and then you pass all this legislation exactly yeah. You're right. No, nobody. It's the, wor- it's the worst time to deal with yeah, something like exactly. that. I, yeah. my, my most favorite clients, and probably you're the same way, Mike, with financial planning, my favorite thing to do is to meet with people that are not in a crisis situation mm. that just want to plan and talk about yeah, it. Those are happen. happy meetings that I would call them. Yeah, right? yeah. they're yeah. happy meetings. They're yeah. calm, but yeah. they're rare. Yeah. They're pretty rare. And, and what we're seeing, too, just just on a side note, my, my wife's an attorney out of Plymouth, and she's an elder law attorney, and her business has exploded since COVID because yeah. we're seeing more and more baby boomers that are realizing they need to plan and all this stuff now. Oh, wow. So we are starting to see that actually happening now. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah you, you have your independence that's threatened. You have to be objective maybe about your own personal care or maybe you're afraid. So there's just a whole bunch of things that come into play there. Okay. Yeah. In in your area, Patrick, okay, the in-home care, what kind of, this is a business question. We'll get to the more, but are there big companies involved, little companies involved? Who are the players in that at-home care industry? What, how does that work? Yeah, like it, like most industries, you'll find there's some very local businesses all the way up to national, very large companies. And there's pros and cons to everything. Yep. But yep. I think one of the things that really makes a big difference, whether it's a huge corporation or a small local office, is just the person and the people that are leading it locally. You could have one call it a franchise in one area and a different one in another area, the same name, and they, they could have a very different experience. So I think that's really one of the things that all healthcare, local, all politics are local, right, Matt? That's right. Yeah. So, so it's, it, despite the fact that there's a whole gamut of organizations, the opportunity to really get to know the people who are running the local branches, I think makes more difference than the what the big posters say or the big billboards say on the way into Boston. Yeah, right? okay. Uh, I, and I, there's so many. I yeah. always tell my clients, if you just do a quick Google search of home care near Plymouth, near Westford, near Marshfield, 
you're going to get a lot of hits there, are so, especially with the aging population. There's yeah. so and many And the big places. companies are going to be at the top of that list, and the little ones that are local yep. are probably going to be on the bottom, and that's just, uh, that's not good or bad, but maybe it's bad. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see and, how well, and, it just, it's, and it's tough because they're, just like any industry, there's a wide variety of quality, and so it can be really hard if you're just starting out looking and you really don't know what to look for, what to ask, or who to click on and who to call. It's really tough. And they're opening up all the time because there's not a lot, of, regu- not a lot of regulations. No, well, I was, we'll home. get to yeah. that a little bit later on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. There's yeah. absolutely wild. no regulation no for kidding. Wow. in-home private care. Wow. There used to be a little bit where they treat you as an employment agency. Now there's absolutely nothing. I would be a big advocate to do that to bring some more sure. accountability. I agree. And, yep. But that's one of the things I think is very difficult for families, as Matt said, is that you, you really, there's no, like, like with nursing homes, you can go see their metrics, their star ratings, yep. there's some sort of regulation to it. Home care, you've really got to rely on people like Suzanne and having a firsthand knowledge. Otherwise, it's just all... Yeah, we yeah. wade through that maze for warm-ups, mm-hmm. basically, and talk yep. about important decisions, things like that. Well, well the if this would be helpful, there, there's a continuum of that care Okay, and I wonder if we could take some time and start at that. This is the this is the lowest level of care that people might need, and we have people can do this, and then this. Th- there's like a scale as things get more difficult and more complex. So could you walk me? So people could be thinking, what kind of services are there, or, and or what kind of help is available for what kind of conditions or such? So could you, could you take some time here for as long as it takes to go through the gradation, if you will, up to, to, to and we'll end at the at home. But if you're going to get to the nursing home. We'll talk about that at the, at the end and go mm-hmm. from there. Uh, How's that work? I think Suzanne will probably be the <laughs> best one with your, this is right up, this is what you do every single day, Suzanne. What I do every day. It's what I talk to people about every single day. Yeah, so the continuum of care is interesting, and it's not necessarily linear. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. But so starting at a low amount of care, if you're just living at home and perhaps, like you said, Matt, you're forgetting medications or you're a bit confused about which medications to take at which time, you might hire a certified nursing assistant, a CNA. Some people call them HHAs, home health aid, to come in for a couple of hours every day and just help with making sure you take your medications on time, maybe with helping get in the shower, make a meal, make breakfast, that kind of thing. And then in-home care can progress further, right? So you can, so it's different institutional care and in-home care. So in-home care can progress so that I have a lot of clients that have 24-hour care from a certified nursing assistant because they need help with every single activity of daily living, every single instrumental activity of daily living, getting dressed, getting showered, using the bathroom, and then meals, laundry, housekeeping, getting to appointments, all of that kind of stuff. So the continuum of care in home can be just a little bit of help every day, up to 24 hour care. And then moving to somewhere else is different, right? So there's a continuum of care with institutional living that starts with independent living. So we have these places that are called independent living. Some of them are a standalone building. Some of them are part of a larger campus that we call a CCRC, a Continuing Care Retirement Community. And just like home care, places like this are developing every day because of the population. So there's independent living where you might just need a backdrop and a safety net of being somewhere where there's other people there to check on you, but you're not necessarily needing hands-on assistance with things. You might just need your meals, maybe your housekeeping, but pretty much day to day, you can still take care of yourself. A lot of folks at independent living have cars, they come and go as they please. 
some people that are in independent living just don't want the hassle of owning a home and dealing with everything that comes with owning a home. They want to focus on other things. A lot of these independent living facilities have lifelong learning. They have a lot of activities. There's a lot of hustle and bustle of people doing things. I have a lot of professional really intelligent clients that have gone to these independent livings and they lecture. They're doing all kinds of things, so it's pretty neat. And then you have the whole spectrum of going from independent living to assisted living, which usually means you need a little bit more in terms of hands-on care. You might need, you might have some kind of physical ailment that requires you to need some help just getting in and out of the shower, maybe bending down to reach your feet and get your socks and shoes on, that kind of thing. And then within assisted living, this is why it's not linear necessarily, but within assisted living, there can be different levels of care as well. Assist, every assisted living functions a little bit differently, but most of them now hear their care. So you might go in under a certain level of care and pay a certain amount. And then once you start needing a little bit more care, you go up to the next tier and you start paying a little bit more. Boy, there's a whole lot of different different conditions a and a whole lot, lot of... Oh, she's not done yet. Either. <laughs> <laughs> she's only halfway through it. Holy I'm not, and I'm not even yeah. going into... I'm getting a headache here. Now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not linear. It's yeah. not just step one, step two. So, yeah, the assisted livings have different tiers and then they also have memory care, which is a whole different tier, usually a different wing. Sometimes it's a different building. And then the nursing home is a next step. And yeah. again, sometimes these places are all in the same campus. Sometimes there's independent, assisted, and nursing homes. Sometimes these are different standalone buildings. Independent can be standalone, assisted can be standalone, nursing homes can be standalone, and payment is different at all of these places. The CCRC's <laughs> payment is different than it is at a standalone assisted living than Whoa, it is at a standalone That's why you need people home. like Suzanne. Wow. wow. <laughs> Patrick, you wanted, yeah, exactly. yeah, Patrick yeah. you wanted to say something? Yeah, no, I think yeah. for anyone whose head is spinning around, which if you're not in the industry, <laughs> you know, it is. I think it's a great a plug for Suzanne's, <laughs> yeah, uh, her, what she, your age. You owe me for this one, Suzanne. Yeah. I want you to know. Okay. And, <laughs> and one thing, and Suzanne can talk more about, maybe it's a good time to sprinkle this <laughs> in, but like when you're looking for an aging life care professional, I know the website aginglifecare.org has a search function. Maybe that's a great thing to sprinkle in here right now, how to find Absolutely. someone like yourself, yeah. depending on what geography you're in. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. So just uh, let's go back just for a second. I'm going to go back to the first level. People are going to say, how much is this going to cost or what needs to be done? Well, Washing clothes and going to the market is like one level. Governing medications and making sure you don't mess up with that, right. that's a second level. And, oh, by the way, taking showers, that gets... Are there different certifications or levels of employees or care that... that or is there one person that does all of these? How does that work? Help me out. Patrick, what's that? What, uh, yeah, I can talk to what we do at Guided Living Senior Home Care because, like we said before, there's yeah. not a prescribed set yeah. of regulations yeah. for how to handle this. So... yeah. One important thing, and this is something I'm proud of and I won't be shy about saying, is that we, when it comes to those type of hands-on care that really you need that special training or that credential, yep. you want to look for an agency or someone who has that certification. Suzanne mentioned there's the CNA and the yeah. HHA. Yeah. And so those folks have gone through, have that experience in transferring safely all these, the proper techniques of how to provide the care. It's, there's a, it's a technique to it. And if you don't do it the right way, you could risk injury yeah, right. for everyone hang, involved. Hang on to that. We have to take a break, but I want you to continue on that. So folks, I'm sorry to be in the middle of this, but we have to take care of this. We'll be right back. And Patrick, hang on. Okay. Thank you, sir. Did you know that there are almost 10,000 mutual funds out there? not to mention almost 2,000 ETFs. And what's an ETF? Given these overwhelming numbers, how do you go about selecting what's appropriate? 
Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. If you're ready to let a professional worry about your investments, visit us at McNamaraFinancial.com. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. And the subject today is long-term care in the home or in other places. And it's an issue for a whole bunch of folks in this country. And it's probably going to get larger in terms of us baby boomers getting a little older and longer in the tooth here. My guests this morning are Patrick Flaherty and Matt Miratori. And they are local business folks who happen to own facilities and have long-term uh, care at home services so they've got the womb the tomb covered and my favorite daughter-in-law Suzanne McNamara happens to be in the industry and actually place people in different kinds of facilities depending on their needs you're still there right Suzanne I'm here Alrighty. okay so PJ I'm gonna ask that question again so if you need to have there are different levels of care that one might need and one might require a registered nurse and one might require somebody who can drive a car to pick up groceries and one how does that break out is it one person or two or three different people or how does that work or is it does it depend <clears throat> like anything in healthcare, it, it depends but that's where you have the creation of a care plan that's really uh, important okay so okay. You know, for example if you're <clears throat> coming to guided living senior home care and you're saying we're not sure what we need we have our registered nursing team that sort of the highest level going to create that care plan. It could be, what are you going to do about your groceries? What are you going to do about your meal preparation, the laundry, the housekeeping, all these type of things? Because that's, as Suzanne mentioned, those activities of daily living that are just as important as medication management. If you're going to be successfully living at home, it's that care plan that then will say, okay, maybe you need a CNA to be there for X hours a day for helping with bathing or By dressing, way, that type of certified nursing. Right. Okay, yeah, that's okay. right. And that's a credential that requires hands-on training. It has a, it expires, this person has to keep up with it. So it is professional certification. It's a really good indicator of someone who takes it very seriously and sees it as a career. And That's comforting to hear. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's how it comes together. You pull a team together okay. through that process. And that's one of the reasons why working with an agency and someone like Suzanne is really helpful because you can pull together the resources from different different agencies, different places that you might need in, into one care plan that's comprehensive. And communicate with family members. How's, how, do you communicate with the patient? Do you communicate with family members? How's that all work? I assume it's different, but... Yeah, communication is really important, <clears throat> especially when you have care in a home because that's a lot of times the caregivers, the CNAs going in or the nurses going to visit, see that person's home environment more than their primary care physician, more than even sometimes their family if they live far away. So having a good communication process from those who are actually seeing the person to the rest of that the team is critical. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. For example, we have we use a lot of technology in our agency that there's one family portal that everyone can see. There's notes, as updates, and then the good old-fashioned phone call. Notice something that changed. My favorite. Okay, yeah. I know, and just make, you make sure they read it. If you've got yeah. them on the other line, you know the information came through, but yeah. it's those little things that could be a big thing. A change in medication led them to maybe be a little bit out of breath going up the stairs before they have a fall. That on-the-ground person who can communicate back up to the nurse and the rest of the team can make all the difference in the world to prevent something unexpected from happening. Okay. May I guess that when you're at home, there's usually not a physician involved, but that would be the case inside the facility, Matt? Or how, what, 
Mm. Does that depend or how does that work? There's always going to be a primary care physician involved okay. and it depends on where you are in the continuum, who that might be. It might be a medical, not medical, what's in the, called in the... Medical director. Medical director. Okay, um, in, at in a, a facility. facility. Yeah. Okay, but in a private home... It'd be their regular physician that they have regular, in the community. Okay. So they may get looped in depending or they're... Uh, it just depends on what they need, basically, right? Medications yeah. usually are going to be a leading okay. cause for... Okay. Or it, sometimes it could be something that... Like foot care. We have some diabetic clients where it's very particular how you, you can't just go start clipping toenails yeah. you have to do okay. it it has to be done the right way otherwise you could risk an unexpected event from happening with someone who has it's it's those things that you might not recognize as being a really important um or even you, getting the right people involved lets you get ahead of those unexpected events where you the foot example you might have clipped, yep. clipped get a cut that turns into an infection that turns into a whole series of events that just because it wasn't done the proper way when you go in you think you're doing a nice thing oh yeah we'll just take care of your toes take yeah. care of your feet and it's someone like suzanne it's someone like a registered nurse who's overseeing a care plan at a home care agency that's going to be able to advise who needs to be pulled in so that primary care physician can make a referral to a podiatrist or things like that. It's getting someone who, and Suzanne's and the people that do what you do, Suzanne, are just, we recommend you every single day of the year because you just can't beat having the experience of knowing who has to be called at one a certain time. Okay. Because until you've gone through it as a family, you don't know. Okay. Suzanne, a question, comment on that or? Yeah, I think it's. I think everything you said is right on, and I have to say that I love that that your company. And I did a little bit of research in just looking at your website, and just like you said at first, there's very little in terms of regulation for home care, and so not every company approaches it like you do, where there's a care plan, where there's a nurse involved. There are some companies that do it very differently and much worse, in my opinion, mm -hmm. to be a care plan. And I think the nurse oversight is really key, which a lot of companies don't have that you do, which is why I'm oftentimes really involved when there's home care, because oftentimes there's no one necessarily to call and coordinate the care and oversee it. So I do a lot of that coordination of care. And it just speaks to how different every home care company is and why you really have to do your homework on who you're hiring. Yeah, uh, that surprised me. Yeah. It's as simple as this. Somebody <clears throat> can go start a home care company on Monday yeah. and yep. just get a couple people and they, they find some residents at home and, hey, we'll yep. do shopping for you, we'll do this for you, do that for you. That's how simple it is. But is that the best way to do yeah. it? That's, and that's what people need yeah. to make that decision. That's very You guys mentioned like the Wild West. I'm not sure if that was yeah. on or off the air, but yeah. that's yeah. pretty amazing. Hey, we live in a blue state. Yeah. Do you think we'd have this yeah. regulated or something? Or yeah. at least a little bit, yeah. right? There's a lot of people. There's, really there's a lot of families that, I, that, there's a few families that I know that they just have a friend that they know yeah. that want, yep. they want to watch mom or dad. And yeah. they're not registered. They're not, uh, they don't do anything. Yeah. They may be semi-retired yeah. or something. And maybe and that works for a while. Yeah, it may work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I have a lot of people that, that, that they fit that description that you just said. I'm independent, right? I don't have to, I don't have to feel a certain way. Everything is very independent for me. It depends on what's best for my client. And right. sometimes that does work. Sometimes right. it's a, I have a lot of folks that have a, Someone that cleaned their house that turns into someone that helps them with different things. It works sometimes, but I always warn people that it's great that you love this this person that cleans your house and it's wonderful that you trust them and they're already involved, but there's no backup. And I actually just had a client situation that I'll just briefly talk about 
He was a sort of a housekeeper turned home health aide, which she's a wonderful person. She emergently had to leave the country to go take care of a family member. And she was gone for 16 days and they had no backup. And the daughter called me and she said, this is just what you warned us about six months ago. And I said, yes, it is. And then I'm scrambling to try to find home care to replace this person and it's tough and then you end up with inconsistent care and it can be really tough so sometimes it's okay to piece together something that works comfortably for the family but sometimes it's not and sometimes you need that agency and you need that backup so it's just really individualized and i think you hit a key term too i think the consistency and i know that's what patrick and god and living try to do is always have that consistent person that's always in there if you're running a good facility the same thing you want consistent care that just helps that residence so much yeah. Yep. Patrick, you've said this a few times. I think I finally got it. You guys have a certified nursing assistant that runs a show for everybody because that's important to you. Is that pretty much correct in terms of at the home situation? Yeah, a, yeah. a little bit different. The next level is that registered nurse. Okay. So that registered nurse okay. oversees the okay. care plan. Okay. And what's really important for, about for it For all the folks that you work with. That's right. Got they it. they now, manage I'm just trying to get you in a place. And, now I understand. And the it. reason yeah. it's a registered nurse is really important is because there's so many medications that are involved. Yeah. And okay. they oversee that as well. And that's something that, it's a registered nurse's role. Got it. And then Got it. why we pull them in. All right. Thank you. I finally figured that out. I appreciate that. Okay. A lot of companies don't have that. And it's really important and it's key, I think. Really if something goes wrong there, that's kind of scary about how that might work. It's kind of mm-hmm. scary. What other question should I ask you? Help me out, boys and girls. What, we doing okay here no, so far? Probably we, payment. How, how, how probably about 50, yeah. We have probably about 15 minutes left yeah. to go the in-home route. I want to make sure we're covering whatever you want. Probably yeah. good to talk about payment. And Maybe how payment and then yeah. how, how the evaluation of who, what takes to become a staff member. Let's do it. But maybe I'll start with the staff because it's the thread we're yeah. talking about. But yeah. the one thing that, and as Suzanne said, the consistency and dependability and reliability of the staff makes all the difference. And just as an example, we have had clients through the entire pandemic time that have had 24-7 care where we haven't missed a single minute of care that entire time. Snowstorms, events, power outages, everything. And that's something we're really proud of because we have our staff, our just a revolving door of people. I was going to say, that's got to be a whole bear of a project to keep them, correct? And we have, and I think this is something that should be a requirement, is that we have a background check, we have a drug screen, we have the Cori, there's sex offender registry, we have nationwide warrants and arrests search, we do even some levels of international research on people, depending on where they're coming from. And that's the type of thing that you get when you have an agency who's doing it the right way. It doesn't need to be guide of living, but the questions you should ask are, how do you find and hire your folks? And what do they have to go through in order to become someone that you trust to send to my parents' home or my home? And uh, all those things should just be a baseline, I think, requirement as a starting point to know that you've got someone who's going to be going into a vulnerable person's home and you can kind of check all those first boxes. Okay. How about costs and any assistance with that from government or programs or whatever? So where do you, what's the range or how does that all work? <clears throat> so from the, what we do, it is private pay. And so you'll find that there are different programs that provide in-home care. And I think Suzanne would probably be best to talk about those. But from a purely, if it's private, out-of-pocket care, and the range could be anywhere from $25 an hour up to $35, $40 an hour, depending on the type of person that you're getting. And even sometimes it's a little higher too. It depends on the area and the kind of the whole package of services you're getting. Yeah, one community versus another community, basically, or one state versus another state. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. 
And then I think it also depends for some. Sorry to interrupt on on the amount of time that you're getting. Some agencies will give a bit of a discounted rate if you have a 24 hour home care case. If you're doing some do a live in situation where if the certified nursing assistant can have a, a chance to sleep eight hours, they'll then discount the 24 hour rate. Sometimes they have to increase their rates if it's only a four hour shift because it's harder to get people to work those short shifts. So it can depend. It can vary that way too. There's a couple benefits to that. And again, there's some other resources in the communities, a lot of times which are free to get this. And one that we always talk about is the Councils on Aging. Sometimes they have a bit of a different name in Plymouth. It's called the Center for Active Living. But they have social workers there that can help navigate some of these things. Like, for example, if you are a veteran, there's an aid and attendance benefit. If you have certain levels that you qualify for through state programs, you can get a PCA benefit. There's other benefits where you might have that family member who comes and stays and through the AFC, I think it's a program where they can be reimbursed if they have to take time off from work essentially to be a caregiver. And uh, all those programs really have, you can go and talk for 20 minutes on each of them, but it's finding those people like the social workers at the Council on Aging or someone like Suzanne and what she does as an aging life care professional to point you in the right direction. And there's a number of other benefits as well that you can explore that that don't have a cost. Okay. And so just, I'm not sure if you know the answer, but so does Medicare do for any of this stuff or help any of these things for anybody? Is that... uh, Short answer is no. Okay, yeah. that, that's all Short I need to know. No. Okay, yeah, so it would, it would only really attention be audience, did you hear that? Okay, yeah, Medicare doesn't yeah. help. Okay, it would, it would yeah. only be a, a temporary basis. You might have some care while there's a whole another type of home care called certified home care, which is usually you have your physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapies that follow someone home. Yeah. During that period of time, there might be a little bit of a home health aid benefit. Okay. But what we get a lot of calls when that benefit runs out. And then they need to go ah, turn that a, to private. Yeah. It's okay. very short term. Typically, usually. that's only short term yeah. and a short amount of time. It's like an hour, a right. couple times a week, yeah. and short lived, a couple weeks at a time, usually. It's important yeah. our, folk, our, our listeners know that. Ba- basically, and people. People forget there's a big distinction between custodial and medical mm, uh, okay, right, in terms yeah. of who pays for what and how that all right, works sort right, of a thing. Right. So, yeah, so Medicare is not going to be helpful, but there may be some other right. resources that people could plug. This does sound like the Wild West. There's so many mm-hmm. different, where do you even begin? Really confusing. Re- really. And most of those programs that you talked about in terms of low-cost or no-cost care are for folks that, that have a lower income or don't have the assets. So for people that have assets, there is little to no help. It's mostly private pay, unless you do have long-term care insurance, which not a lot of folks do. Long-term care insurance will kick in under some circumstances and help with this stuff. But by and large, for people that have some assets, it's private pay for this kind of care. Wow. And I'm not sure if you guys would know the answer, but so because you're based in Plymouth, you're probably pretty plugged into the Plymouth I didn't say Council on Aging. What were they, What did they call themselves? Center for Active Living. I like that. I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's marketing. I like that. Okay, but anyway, so are most councils on aging in different towns plugged in? Do they have somebody that could, people could call and get started with this, or is that not a... I think the way, the way it works in Massachusetts, it's that there's every elder, they call them elder care directors. Yeah. 
that have people that will help that. So you call the elder care director okay. of the program, and they can guide you. Okay. But they also have what's called the the ASAPs, which is the AV. I always forget what this says. AG Service Access Points okay. Agencies. I believe there are eighteen of them or seventeen of them in Massachusetts. Old Colony Elder Services in our area. Okay. And they're another point of reference for people to call as well for services when they're at home. All right, Suzanne, how does that work? Confusion. Yeah, yeah, to add to the confusion, exactly. So, How's yeah. that work in your area, Suzanna? Are council and aging plugged in or not, or what? How's Same that work? Thing. Yeah. yeah, there's council on aging in most every town, and they're called something different, but typically there is, and every town's a little bit different, right, in terms of how much they allocate in terms of mm-hmm. resources to yeah. their council on aging. There's some in my area, which is the Merrimack Valley, that have really extensive amounts of help, which is great. There's some around here, I meet with them regularly, and they refer to me sometimes, and there's some that have social workers that actually can carry a caseload and follow people and help them make this. And then there's others that just don't have the allocated resources, so they might have just someone on the other end of the phone to do some quick over-the-phone guidance. So, it, like everything, it varies place to place, and it just depends on what that town has allocated for resources to that council on aging. But there is someone at every council on aging that can at least have some guidance to point you in the right direction. Sometimes it's just slight, and sometimes it's a bit more heavy and involved. So it just depends. I know this is probably a dumb question, but so... There's never a dumb there you question. Go. I, that's healthcare. what I say. Okay. There is never in healthcare. I, I mean, people don't usually get... this. These situations don't get... Most of them slowly degrade over time. No, nobody says, I don't need my health care aid anymore. And, or th- that's it, a, a it pretty infrequent. Can, I mean, It can I, I, happen. But I'm but talking to my audience here. Yeah. It's not going to get better for most people yeah, most not, of the time. And they got to be concerned yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I okay. Think, I think yeah. what you can do is go from a crisis, something that is stabilized. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. thank yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah, and I'll put in a plug for the long-term care insurance or having lots of money yeah. in your retirement plan, folks. I'm a certified financial planner. We get involved in this tangentially with a whole bunch of clients and folks what we're talking about they use the word private pay that's because there's not very much public pay for this sort of situation and trying to plan for that it's it, like my business like anybody else's until it's a crisis nobody worries about long-term care insurance sort of a thing or yep. this that or the other thing so folks that you just take it under advisement that that you probably should need to worry about this and to do that way in advance before you think you need to do something mm-hmm. is probably a lot better than Absolutely. when you hit the crisis button and have to start doing this that and the other thing. That's all. So, yeah. yeah I, and when you meet with people, I just keep saying the amount of people that are that don't know that always surprises me. I have folks that come to me and say, okay, so Medicare is going to cover 10 hours a day of yeah. home care. And I say, no, nope, <laughs> actually zero hours a day. And dreams. the amount of people <clears throat> that are surprised by that is staggering. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. the education that I try to get out yeah. a lot. Yeah. And again, again, we, we don't, we're certified financial planners. We manage money and make plans for folks, but we don't sell insurance. But we certainly suggest that people take a hard look at how you're going to cover the costs if something like this happens and the long-term care insurance. Please note, folks, we don't sell it, but we certainly recommend people look into it if they can afford it, I think. And it's not, I personally have it and had it for a long time, but it's expensive. But if it costs $5,000 a year, I'm making up a number, and you're protecting your million-dollar house and investments, how expensive is that when you're just trying to put it in proportions? But you know, the point, you know, the point I want to make to folks listening here is that the government's not going to help you with this. Okay, and the farther in advance that you plan, okay, the better off you're going to be. And by the way, we when we do financial planning for retired folks, one of the regular parts of our planning process is, okay, we're going to kill you off and see if you need life insurance in retirement, and then we're going to put you in a nursing home at 77 and see if you how you look, just to show yeah, right. people the financial results of that, which is 
pretty darn mm-hmm. scary sort of a thing. One more plug for the long-term care insurance. It's a whole lot better than thinking you can hide your house in a trust, okay, that you might get thrown out of by a trustee. Somewhere. Well, long, long story. But if you can afford the insurance, folks, please think about it. And it's like anything else. You don't have to. But where are we, Matt, in Massachusetts? What's the average cost of an in-home, in-nursing home? It's about $12,000 a month. $12,000 a month. $145,000 a year. Well, to try to buy coverage for $145,000 a year of long-term care is pretty expensive. If you have $50,000 worth of Social Security payments, then you don't need $145,000. So there's different ways and deductibles that you can at least get some coverage some ways, folks. But the biggest point I want to make is it's a financial disaster if you don't try to plan for it as best you can. That's all. Gentlemen, we've got about three or four minutes. I'm going to be silent. You guys tell me anything. Suzanne, what else do we need to cover here on the in-home side of this before we head out of here? I think following up on what you just talked about, you go to a professional when it comes time to planning out your financial future. I think I can't plug enough the association that Suzanne is a part of. And that website, I know you can talk, I think maybe a little bit about that. What's the name of that? It, one, Suzanne, you take it. The website is aginglifecare.org. And from there, you can find, no matter what your geography is, someone who is just like Suzanne, who sounds like she's doing all the right things to help guide you through this. You get a financial planner for your finances. You can think yeah. of someone like Suzanne and Aging Life Care Professionals as that same important role, but for your continuum of care needs as you age. And Suzanne, how do you, can you tell people how you get paid for that? Yep, so I'm private pay as well. Unfortunately, no no benefit to, to pay for what I do. So all the folks that I see privately pay for my services. And I agree with what you said, aginglifecare.org. You can put in your zip code and you can get a list of people that do what I do in your area and give them a call and they can help you. And there's folks that I work with for years and help coordinate their care. There's other folks that just want a couple of meetings to point them in the right direction. It just really really depends. And I always say, for planning purposes, I always think myself, a financial planner, and an elder law attorney is always what I recommend. Even for folks that don't feel like they need an elder law attorney, I always say to make sure that you have all your documents in place, to make sure all your ducks are in a row, you need to meet with an elder law attorney, a financial planner, and myself to make sure that every area is covered and you know what you need to do. Hey, Suzanne, do you know any financial planners? <laughs> I, have, I don't, no. I know another law attorney. <laughs> yep, yep. They're so important. They are. Important. Yeah, the, yeah, the cost, folks, I'll ask Matt this because you're a state representative, dreaming if we think any government is going to pay for the kinds of costs of these cares in our lifetime, I'm presuming, because of the dollars involved and the people involved. I think that's a great presumption, yeah. yeah. That is yeah, a safe assumption? It's a yeah. huge dollar, particularly with, again, yeah. baby boomers coming on board, yeah. and yeah. it's too much to go. Yeah, be expected to, there's to no, pay for there's it all. There's no possible way. Folks, take care of yourself. Don't depend on the government right. for the rest of your life. And yeah. that's, it, it never applies. And, and unfortunately, I think that's what yeah. people think. They think, well, I have Medicare yeah. and I'm all set. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's such a misnomer. Yeah, yeah. Custodial versus medical it is absolutely unbelievable. The, uh, I've got a couple of minutes. I, I read the other day, and maybe Matt being in the political area, maybe you can comment on this as well. So the state of Washington is in the process, okay, of drafting of collecting dollars from payroll taxes to pay for up to $36,000 of long-term care or in-home care okay, for the residents starting in 2025. Okay, California, I'm glad I don't live in California. California is 
floating in air, uh, the same kind of a, and then dollars run from anywhere from a 36,000 per person per year to 145,000 per Where on earth do they think they're going to get the money, okay, to do that, okay, over a period of time? It's... Yeah, not bad thinking. People have learned over the years how to hide their money, per se. Yeah. Air quotes. Yeah. That's what it's coming to, is yeah. that... And by the way, under the, subject, somehow. Yeah, under the subject of hiding your money by doing a trust, don't get too excited about that. I could spend a show on that saying that's not a good idea either. Yeah. All right. The music is playing. Suzanne, it's been great chatting with you. We'll talk to you later. Thank and you. Uh, Nice meeting you, Suzanne. All right. Time nice to take to a break. Thank you both. Thank you. All right. Take bye-bye. Care.